Yle Podcast. This podcast series is based on my experiences while making the documentary film Who Was Felix Kirsten? The film is about Heinrich Himmler's mysterious personal doctor and the revelations that followed. The reason for making this podcast is that after finishing the documentary, well, suffice it to say that the Felix Kirsten story never really went away. Episode 8. Felix Kirsten and the Finnish Government. Kivimäki, the Finnish ambassador in Berlin from 1940 to 1944, writes in his memoirs that soon after arriving at his post, a certain Finnish man approached him to request a meeting. This turned out to be Felix Kirsten, who introduced himself as Heinrich Himmler's Finnish masseur and related the close relationship he has with Himmler and how Himmler was dependent on his treatment. Kivimäki was delighted. In that case, you can probably give us an insight to Himmler's headquarters and bring us information. Certainly, replied Kirsten. Kivimäki proceeded to immediately inform the Finnish government of finding a Finnish source of information deep inside the inner German circle. Well, what do you think? Which one had swallowed the hook? Felix Kirsten or vice versa? I think the answer is quite clear. Or do you really think that the situation was just the beginning of a beautiful friendship? Anyhow, it has been suggested that once the contact was made, Kivimaki spent a lot of time in Felix Kersten's estate in Gutharzwalde. Kersten claims that during the Winter War, when the poorly equipped Finnish army was desperately yet valiantly fighting against the Soviet Union, he had exerted pressure on Himmler and others to demand that Stalin ends the invasion of Finland. Of course, I wasn't able to find corroboration of these events. Anyhow, Kivimäki had later reported to his superiors in Finland that he is a bit disappointed that Finland has failed to properly reward Kirsten. Kivimäki suggested to President Rutti that Kirsten should be awarded the Finnish Commander Medal of the Order of the White Rose, and on that occasion also accord him the honorary title of medical counselor. And here, probably, Rutti himself had handwritten, wouldn't the medal be enough? The next time we meet Felix Kersten, we are in the summer of 1942, when he spends a whole week in Finland along with Heinrich Himmler. Kersten had suggested that it would do good for Himmler to breathe the fresh air of Finnish forests, lay down on certain energy-charged ancient stones, and enjoy the healing magnetic power of the sunbaths. Steeped in mysticism, mythology, and astrology, Himmler regarded Finland as representing yet another cradle of the Nordic Aryan race. This is a little ironic, because it wasn't until later that year that the Nordic Association of the Finnish race was made official by a Hitler decree. Prior to that, only the Swedish population of Finland was deemed Aryan, but Finland's military partnership with Germany changed all of that. Himmler and Kersten also used the time in Finland to meet Finnish politicians, and there has been a suggestion that Himmler also expressed an interest in the so-called Jewish problem. Historian Professor Hannu Rautkallio. He was a member of Sicherheitsdienst. It tells everything. So he was a Nazi. <laughs> what else? But what is interesting, that there are hardly no evidences about his interactions with Finnish intelligent, although he introduced himself as a Finnish citizen. 
he very carefully avoided to mention that he also had a German citizenship. He always introduced himself as a Finnish citizen. In my mind, it was quite useful also to his bosses that they had a person with Finnish citizens in their ranks, you know. And in Finland, there was feelings that they can use Mr. Kersten. Yeah. And Mr. Kersten, he used all sides for his personal purposes, you know. In Kersten's memoirs, he also takes credit about saving the Finnish Jews. Now, this is ridiculous. He has no role. I'm absolutely sure. Yeah, he, but does he make a does he make a claim to that? Yeah, yeah. In his memoirs. And his memoirs are part of fantasy, and they are not trustful. In 1942, they came with Himmler to Finland, mm -hmm. and here he is telling that Himmler was asking, "Do you know where there are any that kind of requests?" There is actually only one evidence about the discussion with Mr. Himmler about Finnish Jews at that time when he visited. Rangel, Finnish Prime Minister, and Mr. Himmler, they were sitting on the same boat, and they spoke this and this and that, and Mr. Himmler obviously directly take a question about position of Finnish Jews. Mr. Rangel said, wir haben keine Judenfrage, that's all. And we have no other written evidences that Mr. Himmler never came back into the topic. But Kersten claims later that he had managed to pressure Foreign Minister Whitting and President Rutte to defer the question of Finnish Jews to the fall session of the parliament when the issue would be voted on. And according to Kersten, Himmler was happy with that explanation. However, President Rutte notes in his diary that Kersten seems to be propagating the story that the Nazis were sending a number of Jews to Eastern Europe where they were being massacred. That sounds horrible, Rutte noted. That one solitary note can be regarded as giving credit to Kersten. At the same time, Finnish historians who have researched President Rutti's diaries indicate that they noticed that above entry, but on the other hand, Kersten did not add anything new to information the Finnish government and other officials already had in 1942. On the occasion of the visit, Himmler also met official representatives of the Finnish government and leading Finnish industrialists. However, one key person representing Finnish industrialists was unknown to the officials. Both ministers and president were wondering, who the hell is that businessman Himmler seems to have heard of a lot? That person was Ernst Ukkonen. But let's stay still in the visit in 1942 when Himmler and Kirsten were here. Kirsten also met Ernst Ukkonen. There were some dealings with uh, Ernst Ukkonen. Ernst Ukkonen was a character who Kirsten knew already from 1920, when he was first time here in Finland. But can you tell the role of Ernst Ukkonen, how he was involved? Yeah, I went through these pages today, and in German side there has been written a lot of about Mr. Ukkonen. Who is Mr. Ukkonen? Nobody knew him in Finland. There was an idea to make business between Finland and Germany. And Ernst Ukkonen was the one who was chosen. I think that Mr. Kersten was not in the position to establish a personal relationship with Finnish industrialists. They lived in different worlds. But of course the Himmler's people, they had their sight to the future to establish operational linkages with Finnish economics. That's true. They were writing a lot about Ernst Ukkonen, yeah. that he was supposed to be a very important character. No one knew him here in Finland. I think it's rather funny detail, actually. In German archives, we have found a lot of material covering Mr. Ukkonen, but not from Finland. Exactly. 
and <clears throat> what was what was the I mean besides besides becoming that kind of uh, position, but was he anything at all? Was he involved in anything? Was a businessman or he was a very small scale businessman. He had been Felix Kersten's roommate when he lived in Finland in 1920. It's likely that they were in the Finnish army at the same time. And, probably, he had been the one who helped Kersten write letters and documents in the Finnish language. Help that Kersten sorely needed at the time. They seemed to have been close friends. Anyhow, Ernst Ukkonen was introduced to Himmler, and from that moment onward, Ukkonen's name is featured prominently in a mass of documents noting, among others, his visits to the SS headquarters trying to forge deals with the SS. Boris Solomon has investigated the case of Ernst Ukkonen. And in this document, uh, Himmler wrote a letter to, to Mr. Ukkonen. He said that Kersten told him that he, Mr. Ukkonen, would be able to uh, to sell interested things uh, from Finland to the Germans. Also, we find a signed agreement between Kersten and Ukkonen stipulating that Felix Kersten will get 40% of all profits Ukkonen will manage to conclude with deals made with the SS. In this case, dated April 43, Himmler wrote to Kaltenbrunner, Schellenberg, I've heard that Finnish Kaupamies uh, salesman Ukkonen only contact is, uh, was in contact with you. With you, especially concerning Finnish invention. Uh, what is it? A shineware uh, is such a device. You see, if uh, aircrafts from the enemy are entering, uh, what is Luftraum uh, airspace, uh, airspace of, of, of Germany? These shineware. What is it? Uh, something that, that could intercept lights. Is uh, um, what is it? And here's a description of this device. invention. <laughs> Yes, Ukkonen came to Germany with help of Felix Kersten. So, and this invention is very important for warfare. It's an electric light device, and it's possible with help of this light to make some camouflage. So, if the bomber aircraft reaching a town, so cannot detect the uh, detect, target. Detect the town. <laughs> And Himmler says in this document he immediately wants to get this uh, invention, yes. Have we heard anything about this Finnish uh, invention or...? I don't know what it is. Uh, I think it's uh, bogus, it's, it's humbug. <laughs> uh, Mr. Ukkonen demands for this invention one and a half million uh, Reichsmark. Had the SS actually made those deals, Felix Kersten would also have come to good money. It also seems that those pricey inventions Ukkonen was offering to the SS were all at very early stages of development. This is another interesting invention in quotation notes. Uh, we have been in contact with Ukkonen and he offers us interesting L-water invention, I don't know what this is. 
Ukkonen was here in March 43 yeah, and brought to us a bottle of water. He was unable or not willing to tell us about the how this water was. Uh, what, what, what do you think it is a purification? Uh? It is unclear what kind of water this is and this water is now brought uh, the sample to the Hygiene Institute der Waffen-SS. But there is no mentioning what does that water do. Yeah, they, the Germans don't know uh, what it is about. You know what that sound like? It almost sounds like uh, O.C. Anderson's about story about the emperor's new clothes. I mean, everybody comes up with a certain invention, but you... But then Ukkonen offers the SS wooden slippers. In this context, it arose to me that uh, maybe that they will be used in concentration camps for the uh, prisoners, inmates. Do you think that Himmler knew that they had an agreement? Uh, <laughs> I don't uh, If it's a private agreement. Agreement, yeah, but Himmler and the uh, other the staff uh, aware that Kirsten had made an agreement about these deals. I think Felix Kirsten, in my eyes, uh, he wants to make money. Uh, so I help you to, to get contact to Paul or Kaltenbrunner. And, and what's my share, yeah. Mm. What's in it for me, mm. in other words? So if you were, uh, I mean, you know, if you were, I mean, like in your articles, I mean, if you were to sum a person like Kirsten, how would you describe that person? Uh, Felix Kirsten. Yeah. A liar, opportunist, only think uh, what would be the use for me. Yes, I have no positive uh, opinion about him. Himmler and Kersten returned to Germany. Perhaps upon return, Kersten spent some time with his family in Gutharzwalde. There seems to also be a strange link between Gutharzwalde and Finland. Felix Kersten says in his memoirs, especially in the Finnish version, that Himmler actually wanted to designate Gutharzwalde as a kind of a free zone. We emphasize the Finnish version because if one were to compare Kersten's memoirs published in other languages, they would find that those editions differ from each other. In the memoirs, Kersten claims that Gutharzwalde was accorded a Finnish diplomatic territory and that Finnish soldiers were stationed there as guards. Nowhere in the Finnish archives can we find evidence of those lavish claims. Oh, I forgot to mention that when Kersten suggested that he be awarded the medal and the honorary title of medical counselor, he also asked to be given a Finnish diplomatic status. That was denied. But I have to admit that Gutharzwalde was a strange place. Twenty years after we heard the stories from Friedrich Klingenberg, I was still bothered. What was the bunker site the Germans demolished before the Soviets arrived? Klingenberg also mentioned seeing the Russian soldiers forming lines in the yard and poking the ground with metal sticks until they finally discovered the 20 cubic meter bunker hidden under the yard of Kirsten's house. Two full loads were removed in trucks. What treasures it was, Klingenberg was unable to see as the Russians made sure that they would not be privy to the find. But what was the nearby bunker site which the Germans demolished? And who did it belong to? 
What was good Hartwalde? Berg, Hi. Good morning. Hey. We have something very interesting to tell about the bunkers, but you are not allowed to release. <laughs> but maybe you, okay. you could investigate that yourself as well more. What do you mean by the bunkers? The bunkers, which... Uh, the bunkers are in Berlin. At no, no, in the in Gutharzwald, yes. in the forest. Yes. It's some uh, 500 meters from Gutharzwald. And what is that exactly? Well... Do you know whom the bunkers belonged? Okay. I will call you back next week. Okay. Okay. Have a good weekend. Yeah. You too. Okay. Yeah, bye. bye. The podcast is directed and realized by Arto Koskinen. Written by Arto Koskinen and John Bernstein. The voiceover of Arto Koskinen is dramatized by Trent Pansy. Sound design and music is made by Kimmo Vantinen.